out the Junior High Ministry Podcast at Mariner's Church. For this and more content, check us out online at marinerschurch.org slash jhm. I had a lot of sugar in me. I didn't go to bed that early. I went to bed really late because I was awake all night because I had so much sugar. But sugar's not a bad thing sometimes. I love that stuff. It's so good. And worship today was great. Who liked that? That was just incredible, right? I could never have done that. That's so crazy. It's so good. So good. Well, I'm Justin. I work on staff here with Junior High. If it's your first time here, welcome. I'm happy you're here. And uh, if you haven't uh, got a chance to fill out one of the Connect cards, you should before you go. That's our way of knowing you. And uh, and I'm just stoked you're all here. I'm just it's just such a great weekend. We had so much fun. So uh, we have very something very new uh, that I want to tell you about. It's these yellow sheets of paper you have. Now this is the deal. Every week from now on, we're going to be giving you guys sheets like this or somewhat like this. They probably will look a little different from week to week. But this is what they'll have on it. It'll have the scripture we went over. It'll have uh, the summary of the lesson that you just heard, some stuff you can talk about at home, and some stuff to think about as far as how it looks to apply it to your life. Like, we never teach anything here at junior high that we don't feel you can walk out of those doors and use in some way, either in your schools, with your friends, with your family, with each other, in your own spiritual walk as a young Christian, uh, or as someone who doesn't know God or doesn't know Jesus and has a lot of questions worth asking. So all those applications are made to help you uh, go farther and walk deeper in your walk with Jesus Christ. So today, uh, we're talking about something that I actually really dig, and it's something that's so true for for me, because this is the thing, I'm a, and Brittany says this all the time, I'm extremely confident. I'm an extremely confident guy. There's not a lot of things uh, that if you told me, like, or challenged me to do it, that I wouldn't be willing to give it a shot. Uh, like, g- give me something that you think maybe you are really good at. Like, you just are just the best, most confident person at whatever it is. Give me one, Jack. Video games. I, if you challenge me to a video game, I would take that challenge. I'm confident in my skill in playing video games. Give me one. Triple black flip, back flip, not black flip. That's not right. I'm sorry, David. Uh, <laughs> triple back flip. If, if you challenged me to a triple back flip, I would do it. No, 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 don't worry about that. Uh, if you challenged me to a triple back flip, I would try my best, and I would do it confidently. I may fail at it, but I would still try. Give me one. Rugby. You play rugby? You do not strike me as a rugby player. I don't know why. You have longer hair. Usually rugby players have really short hair. That's cool. Rugby is like football without pads. It's totally nuts. If you challenge me to rugby, I'm confident enough in myself that I would give it a shot. Now, this is the thing. There's a lot of stuff in my life, personally, as I was growing up, that I was really confident that I could do. When I was in school, I was confident that any sport that we had at school, I could go and make the team and I could do it. I maybe never practiced sport. Maybe I never played the sport before. Uh, maybe I never uh, even, even played with someone else, I, I've always, but I just thought, I could do this. If you can do it, I could do it. That was like my slogan when I was in school. If you can do it, I can do it. So I started like looking at all these different things in my life and, and stuff that my friends did that I was like, man, if you can do that, I can do that, right? Now, this is the thing. It was really uh, hurtful to some of my friends because they were like, man, like I've practiced like 10 years of my life or like eight years of my life to get really good at this. If you're telling me you think you can just do it, like whatever, you can just show up and just make it happen. Like I can just show up at that guy's house and do some triple backflips and whatever. No, no, I can't do that. But I used to think that I could. I was like overly confident. And it actually started kind of playing into my family life as well. They There was stuff that my parents did that, like, only they could do. But I started thinking, like, I can do that, right? Like, my mom was an incredible cook. Any moms incredible cooks? 
yeah, this is the best ever, right? It's like her food was so good. But I was like, man, I was like, how hard is it to take food and make it into like a meal? I could do that. So I started, so I decided one day I was eating a bunch of different ingredients and I go into my kitchen and I turn on my stove and I put all the ingredients together and things and then I set the kitchen on fire and it was obvious that I could not cook. So I probably, I stopped doing that. I gotten better, but I still was pretty stuck. But she used to do the, my laundry too. Uh, any moms do laundry for you? Isn't it the best? Clean clothes, like every week folded. Like I barely wear, this shirt's not even clean right now. Like I barely clean my clothes. But she used to clean my clothes so nicely. And they were so soft and like cuddly and like the little bear on the bottle and like snuggles and he was just so cool. And I thought to myself, I was like, I can do that. I can do, I can, anything she can do, I can do. So I went to go do my laundry and it was cool. It's like a bubble bath for your clothes. So I put like some in and I was like, oh, I was like, I'll put some more in. This will be awesome. And I put some more in. And then like it exploded in bubbles, which I thought was actually awesome, but she hated because it, it ruined everything. So I obviously didn't do that too well, but there are things in my life that I look at, I'm like, man, I'm like, if you can do that, I can do that, right? I mean, anything you can do, I can do. You know, there was this commercial like back in the day, anyone know who Michael Jordan is? Yeah, Michael Jordan, he's the man at basketball. Anyone know who Mia Hamm is? Mia Hamm, yeah, total, you know, soccer player. They did this commercial, like, anything you can do, I can do better. There was a song that was playing, and they were playing basketball together, and they were playing soccer together, and they were playing, like, all these other sports together, and they're just going back and forth. Like, anything you can do, I can do better. And listen, we do the same thing with God sometimes, and I do too. I look at the things that God does, or the things that he promises that he can do, and I say to myself, man, I can do that better than him. I don't need him for that. Like, I look at the promises he's made, uh, I look at what it means to follow him, I look at the person of Jesus, and I say, I think that I can do those same things for myself. I don't need God. I don't need the commitment. I don't need that relationship. I don't need the pressure that comes with being a Christian sometimes. I don't need to read my Bible every day. I don't need to pray all the time. All I need to do is sit down, figure out what's going on, the drama or the stress or the heartache or the brokenness that it's going on in my current relationship or school or, or sport, whatever the case may be. I can just sit down and figure it out, and I can do it alone without God. Now, I do the same thing sometimes. Now, this is, this is what I really believe. I believe that God didn't leave us to this alone. I believe that those are some really good questions to ask, and I believe that God gave us some really good answers to it. So we're going to open up our Bibles. If you don't have one, that's fine. Uh, we're going to put the scripture on the screen. But if you don't have one and you want one, you can talk to any leader after service, and they will give you one for free because we believe all the truth comes out of the Bible. So this is the deal. First, or Corinthians, or not Corinthians, Colossians chapter 1 Starting with verse 15, this is what it says. It says, the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Now, this is what I think. I think God wants to be known and trusted. And so he sent us Jesus. Like, he wants us as people to know who he is, to know what God the Father is about. He wants us to know what he cares about. He wants us to know uh, where his heart is, what he's compassionate about, what, what matters to him as God. Like, he wants us to have these things. Now, he, he probably could have gone about it a, a couple different ways, right? I mean, he could have he just sent an email to everybody. He just waited till like, the year 2000 when everyone got AOL. I remember my AOL screen name. It was super cheesy. I'm sure some of the leaders had really cheesy AOL screen names, which most of you probably don't even know what an AOL screen name is, which is hilarious. You could just get an AOL, right, and just send everyone an email and just be like, oh, yeah, God's real, and he'll send a little video of himself, and it's just like this cloud. It's talking, and he could have done that, right? No, I mean, but he could have probably, he could have even gone to like a stadium and just been on the big screen and been like, oh, hey guys, what's going on? I'm God, and this is the deal. This is who I'm about. Well, well, he actually couldn't have done those things. I mean, he could have if he wanted to, but he actually chose not to. He chose to send us someone that was totally him in every way. 
You know, Jesus, well, where did it go? Jesus is the, the son, no, the last one. The son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. The son is the image, the imprint. Hebrews says that he, Jesus is the exact representation of God the Father, that everything that makes up God the Father is in Jesus. His heart, his compassion for people, the way he cares for us, the way he loves us, uh, the way he sees us and doesn't just see a broken people, but he sees children that he cares about. Everything about God is found in Jesus. Everything about who he is. So Jesus was, uh, Jesus was sent. If we want to know God, look at Jesus, who he is, what he's about. You know, if you, if you look uh, and you want to know what a, what a sports team's about, sometimes you look at the fans. Like, you see, like, they're all painted up and they got the jerseys on. They're totally crazy. They're all about sports. Like, you look, you want to know more about the sports team, you look at the fans. You look at who's, who's cheering for them and what they say about them. If you want to know God, you look at Jesus and see what Jesus says and what he does and how he lives. And that's the example of God the Father. So, if Jesus was sent, if you want to know God, you look at Jesus. You know, next we start to think about like this world then. Like, okay, so if Jesus is the imprint of God, if he's the example of God for here, for us on earth, what's this world then? I mean, what's the purpose behind it? What's the goal behind it? You know, we see in the next verse, uh, verse number 16, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. We can trust Jesus. Uh, we can trust Jesus is in control of everything. Now, when I say everything, this is what I mean. I mean everything. I mean everything. He created everything. He sat there with God in the beginning of it all and said, I want to create people to love and who will worship me and follow me. I want that. So God said, okay, let's do it together. And so they created everything. So rather it be things that are visible, invisible, on heaven or on earth, authorities, powers, all things have been created through him, so he's the creator, and for him, because he loves us. So he did all of this. He did all this because he wants to be in community with us. He wants to love us. Now, the problem took place. In Adam and Eve, they had this choice, and they actually chose to sin and rebel from God. So this was actually a really big problem because it left the world broken. I mean, it left every single one of us broken. You know, if anyone's ever had a tough deal happen, if anyone has ever been like, oh, man, like, this, is, this is tough. Like, I'm getting bullied at school. Like, people are talking bad about me. Like, my parents are getting divorced. Like, what's the deal with that? Like, I feel like no one cares about me. I feel like I'm not being accepted. I feel like no one loves me. Like, this is all from the brokenness of the world. This was not God's intent. But this is what happened based on that choice. So Jesus looked at it all, and he said, I care about this so much I care about people so much that I'm not going to leave them in destruction, but instead I'm going to come and save them. I'm going to come and I hold the world in my hand. I created it all. I'm going to come and I'm going to help solve this problem. Now, this is the deal. We're in this next scripture, but I want you to keep this in mind. Sin is still taking place in the world. Brokenness is still taking place in the world. A separation from God is still in existence. But Jesus came. Jesus came to step into this to be a part of what was happening. This is what we have in verse 21. Once we were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight 
without blemish, and free from accusation. We were broken. Jesus came to fix that too. Now, this is the deal. He saw our brokenness. He saw that there was a disconnect between us and God, one that we created for ourselves. Now, instead of leaving it that brokenness to just keep being without end and without solution, Jesus said, I can fix this. I can give people an option. Now, is the world still broken? Yes, the world is still broken. Is there still hurt and pain and homelessness and need for people to be compassionate to others? There is still a need for that because things are not perfect. But this is what Jesus did. He came to give us an option to help fix our side of the brokenness, to say, you don't have to sit in your brokenness any longer, that I see that something is wrong, and I am going to come in and help fix it. So if you believe in me, you have the ability to be with me in heaven, to be reconciled back to God. So things are broken from God. They're totally separate. Jesus comes to reconcile them and put them back together. So now we have the ability to be back with God in relationship. You know, there's this guy named Bill Lear. Has anyone ever ridden on a private jet before? Anybody? Like on a private, like, Lear awesome jet? Brooklyn has. You have? Have you really? That's so cool, dude. So Bill Lear comes up with this awesome idea of, of building really fast, really expensive, very private, very cool jets. And everyone thought he was totally crazy when he had this idea. Because they were super expensive, and you know, they went really fast, and back then everything went pretty slow, like not many people went super fast, and you know, not a lot of people had the money to buy these, so they all thought he was crazy. Well, he ended up building them, and they took off. Tons of wealthy people started buying them. Now there's Lear, companies are buying them and sports teams are buying them. And everyone's buying these really fast, awesome Lear jets. Now this is going on for a while. He's making a ton of money. I mean, he's living, you know, his gigantic house. He has tons of stuff. You know, he is being flown in his private awesome jets. But something happens. Two of the jets crash and no one has any idea why. These two jets in the air crash. Uh, you know, everyone's thinking, what could it be? And they go back to Bill Lear, and they're like, dude, you know, what's the deal? What's the problem? Now, this is what he could have said. He could have said, listen, listen, I'm the owner. I built them, but I bet it was the pilot's problem. I bet it's their fault. I can't get involved. Uh, you know, I, I go talk to someone else. I'm too busy for you. And a lot of people look at God and they say, that's what he did in, in relation to people. In his relationship to people, he saw the brokenness and then left. That's what a lot of people think. But we as Christians don't believe that. We believe that Jesus saw a problem and came into our world to help fix it. See, Bill Lear, in, in reality, actually said, there is a problem and I'm going to be a part of the solution. So he hopped in the cockpit of one of these planes, the exact model that crashed. He flew up in the air and he's flying around trying to recreate uh, exactly what happened before this crash. Now, he recreated it perfectly. And, and when he, he saw what was happening, it was something that you could only see in flight. And there was this light blinking. And he's like, oh, I see exactly what it is. This is crazy. He landed the plane safely, went to his engineers, told them about this crazy engine problem that no one had ever thought of and helped fix these planes. Now, he was then quoted as saying, if there's a problem with my creation, I want to be the one to fix it. You know, he saw there was a problem with something he created, and he didn't leave it to somebody else to figure out. He pressed in to do it himself. You know, I look at Jesus, and I see a guy who, who didn't just live in heaven on a, on a throne, and is like, oh, you know, whatever, this is totally, you know, cool, and they'll figure it out themselves, they're smart, right? No, no. He saw a broken world that's still broken, but instead of leaving it in its brokenness, he decided to come and be a part of it, and to give us an option 
to give us a way out of that brokenness to believe in him. Now, this is, this is the deal. Paul, the guy writing this, he's the perfect example of this. You know, this is a guy whose job it is is to preach the gospel in towns and cities. You know, he goes from town to town, setting up churches, talking to people. So in, in the church uh, that he, the church of Colossae, the church that he's writing to, is a church that he's been at before, a church that he started. You know, this is a guy that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. So I mean, God really spoke through this guy. You know, he was a guy that before his name was Paul, he was actually a guy named Saul who did some terrible things to Christians. And when you might think, like, this is a guy that God must be blessing beyond anybody else. Like, this is a guy that has it all together, right? I mean, there must be no problems for this guy. Like, you must be thinking, like, man, Justin, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm in junior high. You know, my life's a wreck. You know, my parents are divorced. You know, I'm living between two homes. Uh, you know, my friends at school are picking on me. You know, I'm not perfect. If you, you know, you, I might seem good at church, but, man, if you knew what I was thinking throughout the week, you would not be telling me that this is an option for me. You would not be telling me that Jesus came to save me and to rescue me. Like, I am unlovable, I am broken, I am a destructive, chaotic person inside. If you knew the real me, you would not be telling me this. God must bless and love those who, and he just make life perfect for people who love him, right? I mean, this guy, Paul, his life must be perfect, right? Because he's living for God, he's doing the ministry, he's planting churches, well, no, actually, in reality, he's writing this book at one of the lowest points of his life. You know, at this point in his life, he's in prison. He's been in prison for teaching and preaching the name of Jesus. They took him. They took away his freedom. He, he's barely eating food. He's starving. People who support him, you know, bring him food and kind of put it through uh, the jail cell uh, bars so he has food to eat. You know, he's writing this like on paper smuggled in to this prison. And he's still preaching the gospel to, to the people who, who are guarding the prison and to those who are in there with him. Now, listen to this thing. You look at him and you're like, man, this is a guy that has it all together, right? This is a guy, you know, he's not, you know, this guy's living for Jesus. He's loving Jesus. He has all the answers. He's writing us the answers. So he must be, he has it all figured out. But man, he's living in the midst of the brokenness of this world. He's living there. He's in prison. His freedom is gone. This guy has it worse than, than anyone in this room right now. You know, he didn't go to sleep and wake up in a bed and have breakfast at his, you know, at his folks' house and hang out and then go to JHM and play zombie tag. All right, he was living in prison, you know, and there's like rats crawling around everywhere, which is totally gross. There's actually rats in this building sometimes, which is totally gross. Yeah, I know, it's totally sick, right? So you look at Paul with this idea, this mindset of like, oh man, this is, this is totally back then, right? I mean, this is Paul writing back then. No, 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 this is Paul writing now. God is greater than all of these things. Paul is saying that God is greater than the struggles he's in at that moment. That God is greater than the brokenness that separates us from God. God is greater than the things that are going on at your school. God is greater than things that you're struggling with and you think that there's no way out. God is greater than broken relationships. And God is a reconciler. If you want to look at God and know who he is and trust him, look at Jesus. He reconciles stuff. He reconciles us back to God. Not before, not in history, now, present day. This is happening right now. He is reconciling people back to his father together. He reconciles relationships. There are things that only Jesus can do. And he's the one doing them. 
you know, me and my father, that relationship, I mean, is a catastrophe. It's a total mess. I mean, it's been broken for years. You know, I'm engaged. A lot of you guys know that. My dad doesn't even know that because he doesn't have time to talk with me. That's our relationship. It's totally broken. It's shattered beyond repair, right? So what's the point of even trying, right? Why do I even give him a call anymore? Why do I send him emails anymore? He hasn't answered a single email in like five years. Why do I still do it? Is it because I have nothing better to do? Is it because I think that, you know, if I keep doing it, one day he'll accept me, one day he'll love me? No, that's not why I do it. I do it because I believe Jesus reconciles relationships. I believe he's the only one that can do it. Am I perfect? Absolutely not. Am I broken? Absolutely. Are you guys broken? Totally, 100%. Is this world we're living in broken? You know it, absolutely. Are we left in that brokenness? Is that, is that our story? Is that our future to just be broken, separated from God forever? Absolutely not. God is greater than all that. That's why he sent us Jesus. The exact imprint of who God is, is in Jesus. He gave him to us to reconcile the world. So is the world still broken? Yes, it's still broken. Can we trust and have hope and know God? Absolutely, through his son Jesus. It's all through him. Everything was made by him and for him. He didn't leave us in our brokenness and our sin. He came back to earth to live and to teach and to grow up and then one day to die on the cross for us, to reconcile that broken relation between us and God. You know, I'm going back to New York in a couple weeks and, you know, I'm going to hopefully maybe see my dad. Who knows? I have no idea. If I don't, am I not going to believe in God? If I don't, am I going to look to God and be like, you know, you're, you failed me. You failed me in this. Why, you know, this is one thing I've always wanted since I was a kid. Why can't you just do this one thing for me? No. Jesus does things that only Jesus can do. And reconciling relationships is one of them. And he has to work in me and work in my dad and in the brokenness that we both have, in the hopes that one day my dad will see Jesus and we'll be reconciled together. Jesus reconciles relationships. He reconciles us. So listen, maybe some of you guys are thinking like, man, how, how does this apply to me? What, what, is, what is the story here? You know, God's greater than all this stuff. Like, okay, I, I kind of believe that. Is there stuff that, that I think that I can do that really only Jesus can do those things? Like, are there things that I need to leave to Jesus to do? Like, is it wrong for me to think I can do everything, you know, that I don't need God? Well, yeah, yeah, it is wrong. It's wrong for me to think that. I can't do everything. So, okay, Jesus is greater than all those things. How does that look in my life? What does that mean for me? Like, when I leave here, what does that mean? Well, maybe it means opening up your Bible more and seeing more of who Jesus is. If you want to know God and trust God, you have to know Jesus and know who he is. So maybe that's what it means. Maybe it means being connected deeper in your small group and pushing into these, some of these questions. If you don't know Jesus, maybe it means asking some of these questions and looking for real answers. You know, some people think of these questions, like these are soft questions, like this is soft, this is soft stuff, you know, God and the invisible and all this stuff, this is soft stuff. Stuff that only Jesus can do, him being greater, this is all soft stuff. No, this is serious stuff. This is real stuff. But you guys are going to leave here and we'll see you again next week for another hour and 30 minutes. But throughout this whole week, you are going to be living your life. And are you living it with God in community? Are you living it together or are you living it, living it separately from God? Are you thinking that you have it all together and you can figure it all out and you just need more time to think and strategize how to get it all work or are you trusting in God? Well, we're going to talk more about this in breakout groups in a second. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to dismiss you guys. Girls are going to go outside. Boys, you guys know how to split up in here. 
And we're going to discuss some of these questions. So take your yellow sheets with you, talk about them, share it with your parents, share what you guys learned today. Let me pray for you all. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for uh, this day. Thank you for the opportunity to hear about you, God, and to know you and trust you more is to look at Jesus and what that means for our life. Lord, thank you for uh, everything that you give us. Thank you for being willing to reconcile us back together. And thank you for our friends and for our family. And for those who don't know you, let them know you in a real way. We pray all this in your name. Amen. <laughs>